You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. If you will, grab your Bible right now and turn to Luke chapter 2. If you did not bring your Bible, that's totally fine because I know that pretty much everyone knows this story. Luke chapter 2 is a story we are all familiar with. It is that Christmas story, that account of Jesus being born. And, uh, you know, again, I said it's familiar, and it probably is very familiar to you and to your family in some capacity. I don't know if maybe you have a tradition in which you, in which surrounds uh, this particular uh, passage of Scripture. I know for my family, we've adopted something that my wife did when she was a kid. And uh, I threatened to do it to you guys tonight, but I'm going to not do so. And after I explain it, you'll understand why. That's a good thing. Uh, as we read the Christmas story at our house, uh, what we do is each, there's a few key words in there that spark our kids and honestly, Aaron and I, to action as well. Like whenever it talks about Mary and Joseph going to Joseph's hometown to be registered or to the census be taken, we'll, we have to count one, two, three. Well, that's as tame as it's going to get. After that, it just keeps getting crazier. So whenever we talk about shepherds, well, you have to buy like a sheep. So it was uh, every time you say sheep or shepherds, our kids and Aaron are like, bah, bah, and it's amazing. It's fun. It gets better. You read about baby Jesus being born. And of course, you probably already guessed it. You have to cry like a baby. So it's like anytime you hear baby or child, it's wah, wah. Sounds a lot like the sheep, but anyways. <laughs> and then when it talks about the angels singing glory to our God, that's exactly what we do. We sit there and it's so cute to hear my kids just go, Gloria, hallelujah. And it's familiar to them. And it's familiar, I know, to you guys as well. This story, the Christmas story there in Luke chapter 2. If you're here and you're a believer tonight, you know why this is so important. Because Jesus came as a baby into this world to live as a human, like you and myself, to live so that he could sympathize and empathize with us in our failures and in our faults. They're living as a man, but perfectly, and then going to the cross later on to die for our sins so that we could have a Savior in him. This story, as you are a believer, is the start to the story of our salvation. The start to hope they're coming into the world for all of us to have hope in Jesus Christ. And this is a familiar thing to you. A familiar story that as I read it, most of you, again, maybe didn't bring your Bible, and that's totally fine because you know this story. You know this story well. And so as I read it tonight, I read it in the company of friends and family, you who know this story well, and we are familiar with it, and that is a good thing. So let's read it now. They're starting in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, where it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
Verse 8 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. Lord, for this, for Christmas, for you, and the fact that we are here gathered tonight because of you. We are here tonight knowing that, God, we can be here as yours, belonging to you because of Christmas, because of the fact that, Jesus, you came here. And tonight, as we look at this familiar story for just a few moments and remind ourselves of the power that lies behind it, I pray that we would leave here still familiar, but, Lord, also mindful of the power and walk according to it. So I pray that you would help us now just to take this, take your word, and apply it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, anytime the Christmas story is read, I don't know about you, but for me, it's easy to put together a picture in my mind of this Christmas story, of the scene that's set out. And it's easy for us to do because of pictures that we see in children's Bibles or really anywhere, quite honestly, um, or nativity sets that are set up somewhere, or maybe even you, like myself, we have a, a, an advent calendar at our house that as you put pieces on the calendar, um, it's, it builds the nativity scene, which with a five-year-old and a two-year-old is amazing because currently we have a sheep on the left side roof of the manger and a wise man that's somewhere up there in the sky. So that's a lot of fun um, to have. But what it does is it helps us to remember and to really think and picture this scene that we read about here in Luke chapter 2. This scene that we can build with familiarity in, with the text because, you know, it paints really a picture there for us. You have Mary and Joseph and you can imagine them as they're walking along there with just their daily life going to Bethlehem to be registered. Well, Mary's pregnant. They're betrothed to be married. And so we can picture that in our mind. They're traveling along. You mothers in the room, you sympathize with Mary as she's, you know, riding along, traveling, about to be ready to deliver her child. We can also think and picture the shepherds there who are hanging out in their fields by night. This is just a normal night for them. They're hanging out. They're watching their sheep, having conversation with one another. They're watching sheep to make sure they don't die, making sure to trade off sleep so they don't fall asleep on the watch. We can paint this picture in our mind. And for us all, it's a very, again, familiar scene in our minds. The Christmas story is one that's familiar. It's one that is real to us and near to us because we've heard it, because we've been around it. Even if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you can yourself paint a picture in your mind as you think about this Christmas story. And the familiarity is good. 
Again, we can think of this story and pretty much quote it without reading it. You can paint the picture in your mind by just thinking about Mary and Joseph. But that familiarity, my friends, we must never, ever let it cause us to forget the power that is behind this Christmas message. You see, the fact that it is familiar is amazing because that helps us to remember it. It helps us to picture it, which helps us to relate to it, honestly, in our own lives. Where we see Mary and Joseph, where we see these shepherds who are just walking through their familiar, normal life. They're just doing their normal thing that evening, the same way you guys are doing your normal Christmas right now. You're showing up to a Christmas Eve service. You've either been been doing things this past week or you're doing things tonight afterwards. You've been doing things all day. You'll be doing things tomorrow. And, you know, Christmas just seems to keep going all the way till New Year's. So you are doing your normal, especially as we here have traditions that we follow. We are doing the normal thing that we do at Christmas time. But the familiar that we have with this passage, the familiar that we have with Christmas, we must never, ever let it cause us to forget the power that's behind what Christmas is. The truth of what Christmas is is not of that of a man and his betrothed wife going to be registered in their hometown there with a baby in her womb ready to be born, but it's the fulfillment of dozens of prophecy from the Old Testament that speak about this baby, this Savior being born in the city of David, born of a virgin, spoken of there in the Old Testament of this Savior who is going to come and slam into the world and its darkness and there provide a way to God. It's not just shepherds who are hanging out in a field by night watching over their flock, though that's a familiar thought. It's not just that. It's there a space and a place for the angels to glorify the Lord for the work that is being done, to pronounce the coming point of God's plan of salvation to the world. And what's really cool about it is the audience. The audience there is the shepherds, these group of shepherds that are there who are in that culture, in that time, outcasts, who were the lowest of the low within society. The amazing fact that the shepherds get to see the angels first and hear the pronouncement of Jesus Christ coming Well, that takes it past familiar to something very special. That takes it past familiar to something special because in the same way that the angels proclaim to those shepherds that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, has come and they're first to hear it, so too is that a showing to us that Jesus Christ came to save us. Us who are hopeless and low and maybe cast out, who are cast out by our sin from the Lord. And what we see here in this familiar story is at the heart of it, this call from the Lord, this call from the Lord for us to look at a big plan that is being moved along. This plan that started way back when, when God had created everything, had created it all and created it all perfectly. We read about that in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and we read there about how God set it all up and it was perfect because he created humans who were there to have fellowship with him and walk with him forever perfectly because humans decided to sin, that was ruined. But that plan that was ruined, well, there was another plan ready to go. There was another plan ready to go to fix that. And that plan didn't start at Christmas. That plan started many years before that. 
That plan of salvation, of Jesus the Savior coming and being our Savior, that started many years back, even before Christmas. And so what we see here tonight as we talk about briefly this familiar story is not just a story that we know, that we have in our minds, that we have pictures of or nativity scenes of, little models of, but it's a picture and a reality of something we're familiar with that we must never, ever forget the power of. We must never forget the power that lies behind the reality that Jesus coming is the greatest news in all of the world. Because without Jesus coming, without Christmas, without this, we have no hope. Without this starting point here, we have no hope because we are separated from the Lord in and of ourselves. We're separated from him by sin. We're separated from him by our sin nature that makes us enemies with God. But what we see in this, in Jesus Christ coming as a baby, as seeing him coming out of heaven, as seeing, as Philippians 2 says, heaven not as something to be held on to, but instead to humble himself as a man and to come to earth and to live and to die humbled even to the death of the cross so that we could be saved. That's what we see as we read this familiar story of Christmas. And I pray that tonight we would, as we think on this, not think that we're just doing the familiar, that we're just doing the normal, that this is what we do for Christmas. It's amazing that we do, but that we would think and realize that what we're doing tonight is celebrating the fact that God's grace has appeared to all bringing salvation, that God's grace has come and made a way for us to know the Lord relationally, to no longer be enemies with God, but to be his. And you here tonight who have that relationship, who are belonging to the Lord, it's amazing that you're here because what this does is it awakens us to remember that the familiar is powerful. That the familiar story of Christmas is a powerful message. It's not just the cute baby Jesus in a manger. It's a powerful message of God declaring war on sin and our lostness, and he wins. And as we have accepted that, we're a part of that. We're a part of his family. And so if you're here tonight and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, hey, guess what? This isn't just familiar, it's powerful. And if you're here tonight and you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, well, this may be familiar to you, and it can be powerful for you as well. It can be powerful for you as well, because what we see here again is not just a baby being born in a manger, but the Savior of the world coming, stepping out of perfection, grace personified in Jesus Christ, showing up and giving us what we don't deserve, access to God that we can't earn on our own. And so tonight for you, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, if you don't have a relationship with him, please understand that Jesus came. We have Luke chapter two for you and for me and for all of us to be with him and to have a relationship with him. Salvation came through Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that here tonight. We celebrate, we remember that tonight. And as familiar as this story is, I pray that you don't forget the power of it. I pray that we don't forget the power of it. And I also pray that we don't forget the call that we have as those who are familiar with it and know the power of it to share it. Because you see an example there in verse 17 of these shepherds who are shown there, hey, the Savior has come by these angels out in the field. Well, they go, they find this Savior laying in a manger, 
And what they do is they go out and they tell everyone about it. They go out and they let that known, that fact known to everyone. It says in verse 17 that now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. That saying that they made known is the fact that for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. My friends, we don't just remember the familiar tonight to remember the power of it. We remember the familiar and the power behind it so that we are prompted to share it in this world so that we are prompted to share it in this world that we are called to be lights in. In the same way that Jesus is the light of the world who has come into this world by which all other lights are made dim and by which no darkness can withstand, we are called to shine that light as well. The same light that shone there on those shepherds there, the glory of heaven as they sang the praises of the Lord there before those shepherds, that is the same light that we remember tonight and that we are called to take with us into this world. And so tonight, Christmas Eve, tomorrow, Christmas Day, this familiar story is familiar to us, which is amazing. But never let the familiar be forgotten and cause you to forget the power that's behind it. And to help us do that, to help us remember the fact that Jesus, of course, is the light of the world, we do something that is familiar. We light candles. And tonight, as we do this familiar thing, as we take the candles that you received as you came in and we begin to light them, I pray that it wouldn't just be the same thing that we always do. I pray that this would be a remembering moment for all of us to remember that Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light by which all other lights us are lit and are meant to show in this world. And so tonight, as we remember Jesus, as we remember Christmas and remember that first Christmas, that familiar story of it, don't forget the power behind it. As we worship and as we continue, as we light candles tonight and as we think on that, think on the fact that Jesus loves you and that he came to save you. And that is a powerful, powerful thing that we have the ability to accept personally. And so tonight, if you're a believer, rejoice in that. If you're not a believer, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that Jesus came to save you. Let's talk about the fact that Jesus came to be your savior all those years ago in this familiar story about a baby born in a manger. Let's pray.